0: To the Cobra Cast with the present VP. For this episode, we would like to thank these valued partners.
1: Airborne, we'll let you know when you may use approved electronic devices but note that some items may not
0: be used All right welcome to the Cobracast with the present VP. I'm the host Ricky Rifty the Pres Logan and I got my co-host Ricky Etdog VP Etridge. Uh, welcome to the show and welcome, Met Dog.
2: How are you today, mate? Been a long time since I've spoken to you.
0: Yeah, mate. No, I'm doing all right, mate. We're uh, keeping busy, you know.
2: We're, we're getting close, mate. We're getting close to uh, getting out of stage four, hopefully. If people would just do what they're told, we're getting close. Well, we're over halfway.
0: We're, we're, we're over halfway. halfway. That's, you know, we're where hitting stride, you know, halfway through the marathon and you just start. You just going, you know, stride by stride, just doing
2: all right. But you're ticking along, just you know, you, along, you, yeah. you're still in contention. You're still in the main pack, and I don't know. I've never run a marathon, but I've never. I that's
0: how it is, you know. Well, it's, it's like half
2: time of a, of a grand final. You know, you you're about two goals up. You, you've got you got them where you want them, but you just got to make sure you can't let it slip. Yeah. Some yeah. could say this next week, mate, is the Premiership quarter, the Premiership week. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So yeah. And let's watch people ruin it for us. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, mate, where are we off to today? Uh mate, we're going over to back to Germany. Going to Munich. Uh, the kangaroos,
2: the, the kangaroos, uh yeah. a mighty fine jumper, I might add, unfortunately. Not yeah. as good as what I thought.
0: Yeah, well, do you want to explain what you mean by that?
2: Well, if you haven't noticed, I don't know how you wouldn't have. We're currently doing a cobra cast, best jumper in the world, uh, brackets, brackets. So with all the playoffs going on at the moment, we decide we'll get into the spirit. And as Rifty mentioned, a little special video we've done, I quite enjoy uh the jumpers and every jump every ten we come across my oh, best jumper in the world. That's the best jumper in the world. So we decide we're gonna put it put it to rest and pick be the best jumper of the tennis appear in the cobra cast. Now, being a hit. So far, absolute hit. But as you would see, Rifty, due to the fact that you have the socials to our Facebook and our Instagram as well, we have been flooded with teams that we haven't even spoke to on the podcast saying, what about our jumper? What about this jumper? What about this jumper? So we are currently in the, in the works to make... It. We're still going to do this one. This one's still going to be the best jumper of the teams that have appeared on the CobraCast. An honour that cannot be taken away from you. No. Prestigious honour. Exactly sure. right. It also I'd like to point out it doesn't include any of the national teams we've spoken to or like Vietnam Swans because they're gonna get their own competition. But what we're gonna do, doesn't matter, international club, your team in the middle of bloody, you know, like Amsterdam Devils. We are gonna work on one that you can literally submit your jumper. I don't care we have two hundred clubs from around the world submit their jumpers rifty. We will go through and we'll bracket them up until we find the one and truly undisputed champion or champion jumper in the world. Of Aussie rules football outside of Australia,
0: yeah, no, sorry. I we'll, will
2: not sleep and I will not rest until we find one Rift. do we get it Rifty. All right, let's
0: focus on the the comp we're going got going on at the moment. All right, so All right. we started with thirty two teams, thirty two yes. different jumpers. Who's been uh, Who's been the surprise oh, for you, mate? The, Sup- you Montreal. Know, no- Montreal, Montreal is- demons,
2: fifteenth seed to Seattle Grizzlies, The second seed on the uh, the VP side of the bracket, and pipped. So, the 15th seed picked the second seed by 1%.
0: That's 1%, Jeez, that's uh, cutting a fine. And I had
2: a message from my good mate, Nathan By, saying he demands a recount because it's how does it like he demands a recount. So, it just goes to show you, you know, it's a game of voting. Yeah. So, you've got to start sharing and get it out there. Monshaw done that. Monshaw pumped up to their followers and their. You know, the people on their Facebook page get around this Sandown Cobras so, page.
0: You, you gotta vote. You gotta vote. Otherwise, you could end up with. Yeah. Anything could happen. You know, anyone could end up in power. So.
2: <laughs> but uh, as this recording comes out, mate, we will be we'll be down to the final sixteen.
0: Nice. All right. We'll be down to the quarterfinals of each. So. So we'll be halfway through. We're we're getting there. Um, and it's been good. It's been a bit bit of fun. Something a bit yeah. different. And. I think the people have been enjoying it, which is good. As I said, mate, the influx of jumpers that we've
2: been club, the centers their jumper club jumpers, mate, I'll tell you what, the jumpers we've been sent in, I reckon would probably be up there in the top five to six seeds of either of our
0: conferences. There have been yeah, some nice. absolute pillars. So, well, you know... Don't no, worry about sending in just the jumpers. Let's get them on the the cobra cast. Oh mate, don't you, know, you worry, so... I've been telling
2: them they've got to be on the cobra cast flag and be yeah, involved yeah. in the next so, competition.
0: You know, you can't have
2: it can't have it all your way. And if use... and if you really want to, you know, soften up the judges, you can do what the uh, Cardiff Panthers done, send in a bit of uh a nice bit of apparel that we might look favourably upon when it comes to doing these brackets <laughs> next time. <laughs> As I've said in previous podcast, Rifty, I can be brought very, very cheaply.
0: <laughs> yeah, well Kelly agrees. But anyway, um, <laughs> mate, what else? What else? Well, you usually give us a, you know, a couple uh, podcasts podcast to listen to. Have so you um, got any, um, any recommendations this week? I'm going to go with two, right? And they are
2: actually, I so say three, they're actually interlinked. So they're all under the same uh, podcasting network. So the first one is uh, The Sash. So as an Essence supporter, you know, I don't mind the old and fan podcast. Not a bad one. All uh, right, so... <laughs> Put that one out. Uh, The Fat Side. It's a, you know, they interview... Oh, The alarm's going off to make sure I check the the Facebook and Instagram votes. (laughs) Um, The second one's called The Fat Side, where they interview, you know, past players. And uh, this is Andy Roberts. They spoke to uh, Matt Spanger the other night. That's a good one. And the other one... Yeah, I thought you'd like that. The other one's called No Merger. So it's an episodic... Uh, series, and they discussed the and interviewed people that were very instrumental in the uh, back in 1996 with the Hawthorne and Melbourne Football Club with that merger that was meant to be happening, and then it failed. So, oh, i right,
3: actually no, listened, um,
0: what's his name come in and save the day? That's gone blank in his name, uh, Jewish guy. Oh, no,
2: uh, Joseph Goodnick, Goodnick, Goodnick. Yeah, yeah, that's the one, uh, Diamond, Diamond, Diamond Joe, as they call him, but um, yeah, yeah. That, I've I listened to that, I listened to that a little while ago when it first came out, and I actually went back and listened to it today. Actually, because I was like, ah, it's a, it's a, a good a podcast. So they are my three recommendations. Um, I could give you a non forty-one, but I feel like three in, a, in three in a week is probably enough.
0: Yeah, well, that's enough podcasts, and I think you know we mentioned uh, last time that uh, Catholic Guilt, favorite band of ours, is putting out their new EP. Just dropped today, Friday, at the time of recording this. So jump on spotify catholic guilt uh the new ep which is called um i do know it uh i was gonna say a boutique affair but that's the song, that's the song right? uh the actual ep itself so you look at that see I recently listened is called this is what honesty sounds like um uh, so, yeah, a couple couple bangers on there that you'd be familiar with, Boutique Affair and Song of the Renter, and a couple of new tracks as well. So.
2: Uh, don't you worry. I've, uh, I've, as I said, I don't want that music, but the wife quite likes that type of music, so I've already loaded up on her phone, and she's going to give that a listen tomorrow. And yeah, Give them a listen. At this point in time in life, we time life support the local people and local yeah. bands, and but they've actually got a little bit of international uh, appeal. It's all due to the fact they do travel and play internationally.
0: Well, they were due to to hmm. travel overseas this year. Um uh, what we need to do, we need to get your mate.
2: Uh, Brenton. Brenton, that's it. I wouldn't say Brandon. I'm like, no, I know it's not Brandon. Um yeah, Brenton when he goes overseas and plays some gigs to visit these clubs we're talking to and have a kick at the footy with him.
0: Yeah, yeah. Can, we can't get across there because obviously we're a little bit tied down we, uh, maybe we across. need to get get a get a job as their roadies or something and I know we got no musical talent. We have to you know, be their roadies and help them on tour. And uh, I could organise their their um their rider for them. And the get rider, the, beer, yeah. get the beers that they need sorted for Yeah, them. But you can't drink all their beers, mate. Please.
2: Oh no, that's why their riders going to include next to twenty four beers <laughs> than normal.
0: <laughs> but, but anyway, uh, right, speaking of beer, let's get into our uh, beer Munich, cap of the world. Yes, yes, Munich. Uh, we we chat a fair bit about uh, Oktoberfest and what they get up to for that, which is. Uh, Mate, I knew you were, you were salivating at the thought of uh, getting to drink leader beers and whatnot over there for the uh, Oktoberfest. I'm so. not going
2: to lie to you. During this episode, I did sit and go, jeez, I can't wait for the Bar House to be open in Docklands again and just go there and just drink myself silly for a victory game. But
0: Yeah. All right, so let's get it, Munich Kangaroos. We've got Ben, Chris and Kat. Uh, enjoy this one and we'll catch you on the next one. Alright, so today we're joined by Ben, Chris and Kat All the way from uh, the Munich Kangaroos Thanks for joining us
1: Morning, thanks for having us Morning,
0: Morning. Uh, We appreciate you getting up early to uh, join us um, And let's get stuck into it So for Kat, we'll start with uh, How did you come across Aussie Rules over there?
3: Ah uh- I don't know, like when I was moving to Munich, I just kind of got in touch with people who were in Munich and uh, Ben was one of those people and just came to training at one point and (laughs) ended up here.
1: Yeah, we basically had um, like a kind of series of of open uh, practice kind of session where you could just join join us on the weekend before a game and uh, basically, yeah, I invited Cat over, and that's how we got a lot of, of uh, yeah, girls, girls to
0: to join the, the club. What about yourself, Chris? How did you first come across Aussie rules? Um, over, over in Munich.
4: Over in Munich, yeah. That's ah. I would have said the first time I came across it was when I was born, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, essentially I came over to Munich at about two thousand one, two thousand two, and there was no footy club there, and then. There was a club as such, but it sort of died off. And then uh, with a few mates, we got together and uh, the club was re-founded. So it was like a, uh, you know, what what would you call it? A Munich Kangaroos 2.0 type thing. And it just managed to stay. And uh, it's been going ever since, since about
1: 2002,
0: 2003. And what about you, Ben? How did you get involved in uh, footy?
1: like well, I first got in touch with footy in uh, 2012 when I was over in Oz. And, um, yeah, when I came back, I, I didn't live near Munich and I didn't live near any uh, football clubs. And uh, just when I moved near Munich in 2016, that's when I was able to kind of join. And uh, so, yeah, I had my first training session in 2017, basically. And, uh, yeah, been there ever since.
0: So did you play any footy while you are over in Oz?
1: I was there just for a month, so um, basically I was, I was couch surfing um, with a guy in Adelaide who's uh, basically one of my best mates uh, ever since. And um, yeah, he kind of introduced me to the rules and, um, you know, teaching me the basic skills, cooking, handballing, um, going to a sandfall game, that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, actually just started out genuinely playing uh, over here in Munich.
0: All uh, right, very nice. So, do you know when and how the the Kangaroos were first founded, and why they chose the Kangaroos? Uh,
4: I can handle that, since I'm the oldest member. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, like I said, the club was refounded initially about '95, and um, it was just a again a bunch of guys standing around in a in a field with beer in one hand, taking one hand speckies, kick the kick sort of thing. And then somehow they found out there was a parallel club going on in Frankfurt, so the Frankfurt Redbacks. And uh, they just started a mini-league and they were playing against each other. And like I said, that whole thing died. And then, uh, yeah, it got rebooted again, as I said.
0: Right, cool. So do you know why they chose the kangaroos for their colours and jumper design?
4: Well, if you know the flag of Bavaria, I would assume it's based on the colours of the flag of Bavaria, which is also blue and white. So blue for the sky and white for the clouds.
0: Oh, that's it. Yeah, a little bit different to just most clubs that are somebody they knew went for kangaroos or whatever. So,
4: Well, essentially it's Bavarian colours, not Munich. The Munich colours uh, would be make us look like Richmond, actually, because the Munich colours are actually uh, black and yellow. But uh, I think the blue and the white of Bavaria is much nicer.
0: Yeah, you, you don't want to look like Richmond, that's for sure. <laughs> we,
1: we try not to. I guess what also plays into that is just, you know, being one of the first clubs, you obviously want kind of a typical Aussie name, I guess. So, obviously, the Kangaroos is like the number one you would go for.
4: It could create problems, though, because if they create another team in Bavaria, Nuremberg or something like that, then they've got just as much right to go blue and white as we do. But uh, we were there first.
2: Yeah, (laughs) that's it. Too late. First (laughs) in, first.
4: Exactly.
2: so, how did the club go in its first season and how many players did you have? You're
4: talking first season from the reboot?
2: Oh, let's get a reboot, yeah.
4: Uh, from the reboot, yeah, it was just a loose collection of blokes that just got together and uh, it would have been about maybe 10 of us or so. And um, they just built on from there. The problem is, we get a lot of guys come over uh, for a year or whatever on exchange through through universities and whatever. And they go back. So it means we're back to square one at the end of every season. And we've got some really good players, but we also lose good players as well, which is always heartbreaking. Uh, but in saying that, at one stage, I think we had the most highly educated football club in the world. I think uh, 90% of them were, were doctors and professors that were working through university. So uh, no shortage of brain power there. But I don't, know, I, think, I don't think it helped us that season, to be honest. I think was one of about worst seasons. I think they
0: thought too much. It's a bit. Has yeah, as
1: well
0: now. Yeah, it's a bit different brain, to the yes. demographic at our club, that's for sure. There's a, yes, there's, there's not. Uh, there's barely a, a, high school diploma at our, our club, <laughs> let alone a doctorate. Uh,
1: like I said, but it's all about the footy smart, isn't it? It's that's not me it. That, not
2: much of that either, actually. <laughs> <laughs> um. I was about to say it sounds a bit different to the the fighting squids that we spoke to this morning. Rift. That too. <laughs> yeah, that's where I thought you were going with that. Um, but over to you, cat. So, when was the women's team started, and how did it come about?
3: Um, yeah, that's uh 2018. Uh, kind of slowly collecting girls that showed up to trainings, and then like there were some open trainings on weekends here and there. You know, and then if there was a home game, yeah, people would come. Um, But yeah, like 2018, it sort of started getting together. And then in 2019, we actually started playing. But because we still don't have enough girls, we play kind of, we have half a team. And then Stuttgart has half, half a team. So we join in whenever we play games against the other teams in Germany
0: so how did how did the girls go in their first season and how many plays did you have
3: um yeah it was it was kind of funny um we had our first game somewhere after easter um that was in it was in near stuttgart and it was against berlin um and because like I mean, our five girls trained together in Munich, and like their five girls trained together in Stuttgart. We don't. We only had like one training together before that game. So it's sometimes a bit complicated. But I think, I mean, they lost, but they they had a good time playing, and like a lot of the girls stuck around, which is kind of important. And yeah, and then they went on from there. I guess.
0: Yeah, nice. So uh, the girls at Berlin, uh. Very passionate about women's football, so they would have been yeah. a, a good team to play your first game against. Um, yeah. But for both the men's and the women's, how hard is it to get players and how many players do you currently have?
1: I mean, uh, yeah, as, as Westy uh, pointed out before, it's, um, you know, around kind of season's end and then uh, around Christmas, New Year's, um, you always have a kind of a an off-season period where a lot of people leave and then it's really interesting um, what kind of people you, you'll get for the new year, like who, who's moving to Munich, who's uh, kind of picking up the game. Um, so that's always interesting. You have um, a lot of players coming in, a lot of pay, uh, people leaving. And then, um, yeah, just over the summer, basically it builds up that people bring in, uh, you know, friends, people see us in the, in the park. Um, and are interested to join in uh we get people over social media as well so it's it's not easy it's always um kind of a, a struggle to to get new players in and to get kind of um the the demographics right um but we i think it's fair to say we've been uh, going alright over the years in terms of numbers um so, yeah, it's, it's around like 20 to 30 players, I would say. We've got about 40 members, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, some people are kind of transitioning into more passive uh, membership roles, I would say. Um, so, yeah, around like 20 to 30 people who, can, uh, who would play for the men's team. And then the girls, we have a kind of a base of around 10 girls, I would say, maximum maximum <laughs> and um <Yeah.
3: laughs>
1: just just girls who are like in the in the membership group and of those yeah around like five that are kind of regulars at training and and uh good to play basically so yeah we're still at the moment relying on the partnership with uh, the stuttgart based team um they're called the Sulfenhausen giants um just to get their correct name out once and um <laughs> because otherwise they'd be furious. Um, so yeah, we we're still kind of, you know, combining with them uh, to get uh a one like one one uh, southern team basically for the league to get the, the match practice for the girls as well.
4: What you also have to understand is that Aussie rules has completely failed to capture the German imagination, okay? It's uh it's just an absolute foreign concept to them. When we're training and the we kick the ball and it goes onto a path and the person walks by and picks it up. The first instinct they do is look at it. They see Sharon and the big kangaroo on it and they still pick it up and try and throw it like an American football back to us. And then they say things like, oh, oh you guys training for rugby, are you? And that's like, it's just such a cliche to have to say, no, we're not rugby. We're not, we're not American football. The kangaroo is a clear indication of that. And so what are you guys doing? And then they look at it and they go, oh, this is interesting. And then they watch a bit and then they just bugger off.
1: <laughs> but, yeah, it's not it's it does, not it it's not a sticking game for them it's not represented in the media that you could have any clue what it is but i think within the german footy community it's it's, it's growing and uh it's getting more i would say professional and more people are kind of getting like when they're involved they're really serious mm. and you can tell from the um the national teams as well how how passionate um people are um so yeah Especially especially the, the, the women's national team has really picked up and um they are they are you know along with um Great Britain and, and Ireland they're they're like right up there as one of the best European teams, definitely. And the men's team is all right as well.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So you you mentioned the women's uh, national team and we had mentioned when we weren't recording that we have already spoken to Ryland Lions and Berlin, and where there was plans that this weekend was going to be a memorial game for Janine uh, Um Hope I'm pronouncing that right. Um, who sadly passed away due to a drink driving accident, and um, so there was plans of the "Don't Drink and Drive, Go Pink for Life" round, uh, but unfortunately we've football not getting played at the moment you had to make other plans so what are you guys doing as a club for that today
1: that's right yeah um today would have been the uh, the round actually the our girls um, along with the girls from Stuttgart would have traveled to Cologne and, and played in that round um so what we're doing uh, instead is just you know have a, a special training session where people meet up um, we're going to talk about the significance of of the round and the uh, of of Janine's impact, um, what she what she meant to uh 40 in Germany, and uh, then just you know have a training session and just uh, get around each other and um, kind of sh- try to show our, our um, solidarity, I guess, with with Rhineland as well.
0: Yeah, it's uh, something that when we we spoke to Ryland we, and we've spoke to some other clubs that have similar things. You know, the player's been in an accident or you know, and they've Able to bring the community of football together to help not only raise awareness but also celebrate somebody's life that um, you know was tragically lost way far too young. Um, we don't really know much about Janine besides her um, her passion for the game and that she was uh, quite heavily involved in the national team and was quite successful. Do you know much about Janine that you could share with us?
1: Yeah, um, Janine was actually. Um so uh, the the women's team at their first tournament in twenty eighteen in the um, Euro Cup in Cork in Ireland, um, and that was also my first uh, tournament with the the men's team. So it all took place on the same day, and she was um, the player that kicked the first goal ever for the women's team. Um, and yeah, I mean she was she was always the life of life and soul basically off you know off the party, and. Um, just uh the most positive person you could ever think of and uh had a massive impact on on everyone she um met and, and got in contact with and um kat and myself we traveled to a, a funeral uh, back in january and um yeah there was people from all over of of uh Germany there um just to yeah kind of say goodbye and um yeah just to show you the the kind of impact she had we actually had um Uh, Ryan from the AFL Europe uh, traveled down from London um, to like the the small town that she was buried in um, you know just for her just for the day he he made that trip and um, I think that kind of shows the impact that she had on um, the whole of the the European um, footy community I guess and uh, yeah it really showed um, the impact that she had and um, it really brought the the footy community uh, together as well.
2: Yeah, we've spoke to uh, clubs not just Germany but throughout Europe, and there's been a few clubs that have you know, have mentioned her name. So she definitely had a massive impact, and not just footy in Germany, but footy in Europe in general. And um, <clears throat> we spoke about it the other night that you know once we get up and going next year, um, and if something is organised next year in Germany for it, we might do something down at our club to raise a bit of extra awareness down here as well because. Obviously, we're not part of the European community by us playing there, but in our travels doing this, we're starting to feel like we're more part of the European and the whole world footy community than we ever have been. So it's things like that that we're enjoying about doing this is just seeing how um, tight-knit communities um, everyone is across there, and hopefully that today goes well for you guys, and you can, you know, um, as much as uh, trying to think the right wording here without. Uh, stuffing it up. Um, you know, hopefully things go well, and you know, uh, such a tragic loss. You guys can do some good today for it. But um, let's uh, bring the mood up a little bit now. Uh, so, whereabouts do you guys train and play?
4: Uh, we train in uh, our traditional location. Uh, we don't have <laughs> a ground as such. <laughs> uh, as I said, uh, we've got very little funding, so we train basically in a place called the Hirschgarten, the, the königlicher Hirschgarten, which is the old. I assume it was an old park where the Bavarian Royal Family kept their gear. And um, it's no small coincidence that directly across the road from where we train is one of the largest beer gardens in uh, in Munich. So usually two hours of training and five hours of intense tactical discussion afterwards.
2: It seems like an hour and a half too long in my eyes for training. Close it, depends to
4: the when, it depends when I look at my phone and see when we have to go home because the missus is up to me again. <laughs>
2: Uh, a few seem, of our boys would know that. Does sound familiar. Not for me, mate. Maybe for Josh. <laughs> uh, my missus is relaxed, but you know that. Yeah, yeah. My uh, the first when we moved in together, she'd sat there and waited for me to get home from footy training to have dinner. I go home at like ten thirty. That was the last time ever since then. It was just on the bench to be microwave when I get home. So she learned very quickly that uh Thursday nights at the footy club are late ones for me. Um, so you guys play in the AFLG and the AFLG women's. Um so how did you, you guys play six 16-a-side and a 12-a-side competition? It gets split up? Is that correct?
1: Um, It's a 16-a-side and 9-a-side. Nine 9-a-side, nine sorry. 9-a-side, yeah. So, um, yeah, it, it kind of starts off, the season starts off with a couple of rounds of 9-a-side and they're kind of uh, tournament style where um, you have two clubs travelling um, to one city to kind of... um. Yeah, have two games on the day, and you play two times twenty minutes against uh, each team. So in total, you end up playing uh, four quarters of twenty minutes, and then um, yeah, after that, um, the kind of sixteen aside uh, rounds take off, and then yeah, it's uh, just one game per weekend, and um, just you know your normal sixteen aside. Um, yeah, as as you kind of. I used to.
4: Depends how the opposition team travels as well. Some teams travel a lot better than others. They get good numbers. Some teams have to forfeit because they can't travel. I mean, we have to finance everything ourselves, obviously, and it's not always that easy. And uh, we, as a club in Munich, probably have the biggest travel schedule because most of the teams are up in the north, and uh, we just cover a lot of kilometers every year, and it's an expensive hobby.
2: I could imagine it would be. So have you had much success?
4: Um, Since the refounding,
2: like I said, uh, of 2003,
4: I think when it was officially acknowledged, we were rebooted. Uh, We've had eight flags. Lately, we've not been so good, but um, it's been focused on just getting the team together, rebuilding. Like I said, we had one bad year where we lost a lot of players, and we had to rebuild from that. That means... Through a lot of personal expense, hit, unfortunately hitting all the beer gardens, hitting the bars and just trying to find uh, recruits that are even vaguely interested in looking at uh, my iPhone and uh, the best highlights of species and Punches.
0: So now and, uh, that, sounds, that sounds like Ed Dog's forte right there to hit up the beer garden and recruit. I reckon and I could travel the world and
2: doing that.
4: <laughs> i recruit for the right team.
2: I'll recruit for whoever's paying the right, whoever's giving me the most beer.
4: <laughs> We've got the best beer sizes,
2: though. We've got the one yeah, You do, you, you do. I do enjoy uh, heading yes. to the, the German bar in the city in Melbourne. Um, oh shit! Now I forgot what I was going to ask. I had a question off, I Forgot what it was. He's thinking about beer too much. Yeah, I'm actually. It's I'm four days into July and I'm I've got, I've got the shakes up. Um, shit! Oh, no, all I was going to say was um, we understand exactly how you know one bad year of losing a lot of players can affect the club. Moving forward, we, uh, eight years ago, we had 100 plus players on our list. And then I think we had that for maybe two or three years. In the space of 18 months, we went from 100 or maybe 80 players to 40 players, 30 players. So we definitely understand how much you can hurt a club when that happens.
4: It's also, we've got like the core guys. When we initially started, everyone who was involved with the club could play. But now some players are getting older, they're in their 50s. And uh, obviously they're not playing, but they're still members of the club. So, you don't have that uh, freedom and luxury to just uh, put them on the board
1: and say, right, you're on the bench for this game,
4: <laughs> at least not without a walking stick.
1: <laughs> we had we had one game actually where we had um, Greg, one of the founding members and former president, uh, playing alongside his son in a game, <laughs> albeit a very short stint. But they were playing alongside each other. He said he almost touched the ball that game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, well, I, I got to play a game with my dad, my old man, and he was fifty seven the year we played together. So, um yeah, me and my brother got to play one game with my dad and most of his mates are still playing. He retired the year after at fifty eight and his best mate, our former coach, he's sixty seven right now and he's he was uh absolutely shattered that he couldn't get over to bali for the bali masters tournament this year and they had to cancel that He's he uh yeah can't get he'll never stop footy because uh yeah he just loves it yeah
1: i can't see myself playing for that long my knee is already giving me headaches uh you got many years ahead of you uh, i'm not sure <laughs> I'll, i have to i have to change up my my game style and just park myself in the in the uh gold square i guess and just you know for the off-touch and
0: then the Yeah, well, that's where the footy smarts come into it. That's where you get to get... Yeah. yeah ...older the they, just, they just know where <laughs> to go. Only run when they need to. And
4: Nice, cushy forward pocket position. That's yeah. the dream, isn't it? <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, but what about sponsorship for the club? Have you found it hard to gain sponsors for the club?
4: Uh, it's good that you asked that because it's been a breakthrough year for us of sorts. Um, sponsorship's been pretty on and off. We were just like approach in the old days, Aussie pubs, stuff like that in the area, and the hope that they might latch on to us. And they do just lash a couple of hundred bucks our way, nothing much. But uh, this year is different. We're actually sponsored by a Munich beer brewery. And uh, that means we cut the middleman. So there's no pubs for us anymore. (laughs) We just go straight to the source. And uh, we're really looking forward to that. They're going to pay for our uniforms. Uh, They give us free beer at every game. Uh, We hold events there and we get free beers. Uh,
1: It's just a win-win. Not for them, though. We have, we win, have. mean, um, here, win, win, yeah. win, win. <laughs> We have, we have already had um uh, an event there for the um for the uh, Australia Day. Um, we did the, kind of a fundraiser for the uh, bushfire relief, and um, yeah, we we kind of organized that uh, on relatively short notice, and uh, we just asked them kind of casually, hey, you know, would you like, would you, would you basically let us just, you know. Use your facilities, or just just place. basically come to your place and just you know have a little have a little uh, tin there, so people can throw in a couple bucks, and they were they were right onto it. Um, they loved it, and they kind of um, you know designed a kind of logo for it, and um, you know really really kind of um, yeah promoted the event, and it was a it was great fun, great event. We had um, but the bush Australian dancers, bush uh, bush dancing, uh, so. Really great event. Um, they are called Giesinger. They've just uh, opened a, a big, bigger brewery. So um, there's hope they might actually get their own kind of tent uh, at Oktoberfest in uh, the coming years. So yeah, we're we're really proud of that um, to be supported by by that kind of um, yeah, really. If you
4: understand this, really only the big six breweries in Munich and Giesinger's is a uh, relatively new. And the tradition is that only the big six are allowed to have tents at the oktoberfest but the rules are you have to have uh, a brewery in the city of munich and you have to draw water i think from the city of munich so from Borewell well or something like that and they're doing that so that means in theory they can have a tent at the oktoberfest which won't be happening this year ironically but um if that happens that's uh pretty much a lifelong dream fulfilled for me personally uh to actually be invited (laughs) into a tent and not shoveled in there uh, because uh,
2: it's the only thing they've opened. Now, I know a few boys that were uh, meant to be heading across to Munich this year for October 1st and um, they were a bit shattered they couldn't go. But you mentioned before that that, uh, during that answer that they're going to pay for your jumpers. Now, Rifty knows I'm a big fan of jumpers, um, especially jumpers that are a bit more unique than just your sort of standard footy jumpers now. Your jumpers are actually a little bit more unique than just a standard North Melbourne jumper. So what is the basis behind that design and the jumper?
4: The current jumpers?
2: Um, uh, the one that's on your Facebook. With the, yeah, that's
4: the current one. Well, uh, as I pertained to earlier, the, the bottom part of the jumpers is the Bavarian flag, essentially. This uh, lozenge form. Uh, that's where that design comes from. And of course, we had to incorporate the kangaroo because we're the Munich kangaroos. And uh, we did the V here since uh, a lot of us are Victorians. And I wanted some sort of a tribute to the state of Victoria. Uh, being a big fan of the big V myself. Um, but that's going to be shortly the old one. If we get the new jumpers in, uh, I can't show you pictures right now, obviously. But they're going to be pretty much, um, we're going to do shorts in the style of Uh <laughs> With uh, uh, stitchwork kangaroos on there. So the kangaroos will be on the Lederhosen type pants. And the jumpers will be pretty much that Bavarian design. It's just going to be like a normal jumper with like the the blue and white lozenges there with uh, the logo of the sponsor, Giesinger. Um, Ben's looking into that. He's uh, talking to O'Neill's and we're just waiting for them to get back from their lengthy break they've been taking, as, as it seems.
1: Yeah. They, they kind of had to, obviously, um, yeah, through COVID, um, they had to, you know, reduce... Uh, they're kind of uh, production or basically have no production at the moment so um, yeah it's kind of slowed down thanks to COVID thank you very much but um, <laughs> yeah we are like the designs are there so uh, we're hopeful that if there's uh, uh, an, an AFLG season at any time again then uh, yeah, we're hopeful to run out in the in the Lederhosen style uh, shorts for the girls too they get to run out in Lederhosen as well
2: yeah, so um, As Rifty's aware <clears throat> um, I'm currently on the Hunt to try and Collect a lot of jumpers In the clubs we're speaking to And Ben, I've got your email, mate So when you do get that like Lined up Shoot me an email And let me know What it's going to cost me To buy one of them jumpers And my number And uh, not only What the jumpers But them shorts My wife's actually got A bit of German in her So I wouldn't mind <laughs> Getting a pair of them shorts And showing her Uma <laughs> When you get them Because uh, I reckon She'll get a kick out of that But um, Definitely uh what position do you three play, or did did play,
1: do play? <laughs> well, uh, that night, he's he's at the bar, and uh, <laughs> myself. Um, I I started off as a halfback, but I've also played um, a bit of half forward. Sometimes I'm in the in the centre as well, or on a wing. But yeah, mostly it's halfback.
4: I was uh, always the ruckman, not because I wanted to, but because I was the tallest. <laughs>
2: That's not really how it works. I don't think I've ever met anybody that actually wants to play rock.
4: I, I wasn't too bad up until I had to run more than anybody else. I was like, I, yeah, being tall has its disadvantages. That's like, who's going to go rock? Wastey. was like, oh, come on, guys.
0: <laughs> oh, I no. have to. <laughs> Sucks to be tall, eh? <laughs> what are you pushing, About <laughs> yeah. Three foot six? Yeah. I'll,
2: that, that. Are you standing up now? <laughs> Five foot with good shoes on? Yeah how about you Kat not how tall you are but what position do you play
3: (laughs) I don't know because last last season I broke my finger and this season it's uh, COVID so I only actually played one game usually my job is to get everyone on the train and off the train (laughs) keeping time
2: (laughs) I don't know like I was
3: yeah I was in the back and then I was in the middle and then I was in the front yeah I I still have no idea what I'm doing
1: (laughs) utility I was See. gonna say, all you gotta do is have a utility they play everywhere. Yeah, yeah. they'll, they'll yeah. do the job.
2: Yeah. Rifty That's likes to, <laughs> likes to claim himself as a utility. So yeah, just next time someone asks what position you play, just say oh, I'm just a utility. And any Australian right. be like, oh, you must, you must be pretty bloody good if you can do that, then. <laughs>
0: just you, yeah, you model your game after shirt sure, Sean Bur- going, Just tell him that, just, uh, <laughs> silk. <laughs>
2: Wow. I'm just a still yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. amazed it's how you to pull that reference
0: in Rifty <laughs> uh, um, speaking of AFL players who do you guys follow in the AFL
1: I'm a big bomber supporter so uh, great a great on? win uh, yesterday during uh, during work um, so yeah big bomber supporter I, I started following them um just when i came back from us in uh, in 2012 so i had been a supporter for like three months and then we had the um the peptide kind of scandal so i was like okay that's a good start to my uh to my fandom but um yeah stuck with them and yeah didn't, did
2: didn't you know think of switching that, teams do you know what i'm gonna do from now on just Going back to what uh, we were chatting about beforehand about testing in Australia for COVID, I'm going to go and live and say that uh, the pep, the supplement saga was a hoax. Was never happened.
3: <laughs>
1: it was all I, think the players, I think the players, I mean, Connor McKenna wasn't part of that team back then, but I think <laughs> the, the players that were part of that team back then, I think they were all immune yeah. as a result of the peptide saga, yeah. Don't dig
4: a deep the hole, <laughs> mate. Um, I broke for... And like most Victorians or Melburnians the team was chosen for me, not the other way around. So uh, it's either that or i got to live somewhere else, which is a bit hard to tell to a two-year-old.
2: Uh, that was literally what I was told as a child. It's either Essendon or find somewhere else to live. And um. My wife had a baby shower about three weeks ago, whenever it was, and someone's gone, oh, what happens if your daughter doesn't want to go for Essen? And we're like, well, if she can find Sarah else to live. <laughs> <laughs> it's a natural Yeah, That's what
4: I said to my son as well. He's, uh, he was inkling towards Hawthorne, and I said, you get that out of your mind right now, boy.
2: Yeah. That's <laughs> no, what you, happened. You not happened. Not on my watch. Man. Yeah, nah. Yeah. You go for that <laughs> team or you get out.
4: It's lucky for him, but I think he was eight or nine when we got the flag. So at least he saw it relatively early in his lifetime. I had to wait that bloody long.
0: Yeah, well, that's the life of a tragic diesel supporter, isn't it? Yeah. Um,
4: it is. It's a sad, it's an infliction.
0: It could be worse. It could be a Saint supporter.
4: <laughs> we only got one more flag up on him, which I like to remind some of the guys in the club. I usually say, you want to sit at this table with two flags minimum, mate.
0: Yeah. Let's go let I'll have to use That one next time It just Except reminds me Except um, it's 15 flags It just
2: reminds me of This morning We had We're chatting to. I well, wasn't recording this This morning We spoke to the Fighting Squids In uh, Fort Lauderdale And one was St. Kilda fan And one was A Doggies fan And the Doggies fan Was just made sure The other guy knew About that one extra flag Doggies had over St. Kilda <laughs> a We
4: had to wait So bloody long for it in saying that, uh, I watched the game live from Munich uh, in a pub. We had to get up at like four in the morning, travelled out there, and uh, my wife said that last quarter, I, I don't even remember it, but she said pretty much most of the people were thinking of calling an ambulance to get me out of there. I was uh, pretty pale. And uh, it was a pretty close game in that last quarter, and uh, I just knew we were going to lose it. <laughs> and, uh, and when we won, I think... Everyone was buying me a beer. I must have drunk about eight beers, and I was stone cold
1: sober when I left the pub. Just
0: Come back to life.
1: Grand grand finals in, in Germany are nothing else. It's uh, you got the October 1st afterwards. <laughs> so the, beer, the 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 game basically starts at like five fifty-five or something, and you you just rock up at the pub. You have a your coffee and then the first beer, and you leave you leave the pub at around like what ten thirty or something after you had celebration. Yeah, basically you get like four four beers or so and you you straight to Oktoberfest basically. The the big day. It's a big day on the on the footy calendar for, for the for the Germans as well. Yeah, it's usually about the twentieth visit to Oktoberfest uh, for that year. Yeah, so it's, Yeah, it's about like in the second to third week of Octoberfest. It only um, goes two weeks. Hmm? It only goes two weeks. It doesn't. Three weekends. Yeah. <coughs> on the second week.
4: Normally. We, as you can see, we know a lot of our October 1st Every year I say, I'm never going back there, it's horrible And then I find myself about August Marking off the days on the calendar Saying, so, you know, that many days till October 1st again All was forgiven
0: Yeah, well, uh, I don't know If Ed Dog would make it to October 1st after <laughs> a big no, break no. Day, He'd, uh no. He's been known to, um Hit it pretty hard, and he, he hosts grand final day at his house. And by the last quarter, he's probably asleep on the couch most of the time. Nah, that's, a, that's
2: a lie. <laughs> you know it.
4: I get uh, through. But it it is, clock. It's the beer is a lot stronger than it is normally, it's um the beer goes down a lot easier than it does Australian beer, and you get only one liter at a time. But um,
0: only, you can drink so liter. many
4: of those babies, and you don't notice it until you stand up, and then oh. you realize you can't stand up.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll take your word for it.
4: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Ben's had that. I my, myself know I'm in control.
1: Absolutely yeah. <laughs> nice.
0: Um, yes. well, what about you, Kat? Have you picked an AFL team to follow?
3: Not really. Like we watched some of the girls' games at one point just to get kind of a handle on well rules and things like that. But kind of just a mix and match of things. I don't know, some, some, I guess some of the girls follow something on the team, but yeah, we're still figuring things out.
0: <laughs> um, all right, so what about for you guys? Who's your favourite player of all time?
1: All time, that's a difficult one. You have one on the top of your mind?
0: Yep, uh, I'm a big fan
4: of Chris Grant, obviously, and of course, of the big BJ. So that's why, if possible, my jumper has a number three on the back. Well, I'm the president, so it has number three on the back. All right.
0: <laughs> that's uh, that's one of the many reasons that Ed Dog became VP, just to make sure nobody could ever take his number 42. Um, <laughs> I, don't it well. I was
2: getting anyway. But... Yeah,
0: you just want to make sure. Sometimes uh, you have to pull seniority. Well, that yeah, sorry? you got to pull seniority, that's for sure, yeah. just to make sure. <laughs> Young punks coming in, trying to demand numbers and stuff. No, nah, it's not happening. <laughs> not on my watch. <laughs> no. Uh, what about For your favourite bomber?
1: For me, it's probably uh, Fletch. Fletch, the 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 gadget gadget type operator. Uh, Svt used to call him. Um, yeah, just with uh, just playing. Uh, at what What age did he did he stop playing? Thirty uh, four. He's about
2: fifty, wasn't he? <laughs> like 41 39 yeah he was he was a lot
1: older than 34 definitely um but yeah just just with his um the torps out of the out of the uh, centre square it's um counting myself lucky to have kind of been able to watch um a genuine legend of the game for for the bombers at least um so yeah Fletch and yeah modern day favourite player probably Waller McDonald, Tip and Woody
0: is, uh exciting to watch when he's up and about, that's for sure. All right. I guess it's time to throw some teammates under the bus now, isn't it? Oh, yes. <laughs> our favourite favorite one. This is where we get you to, uh, yep, put your teammates under it. We'll um, just go through one at a time, or if you all just mutually agree on somebody, we just... That <laughs> tends to happen a lot. <laughs> it's just pretty unanimous, so... So what's the first one, Ethel? Uh, so who
2: at the uh, kangaroos to be the class clown?
1: Um, I think at the moment we don't really have one. We had a bad one. We've had, we've had um, a couple of... Uh, since gone back to Melbourne, we've had one whose uh, nickname was The Pest. Serial Pest. Serial Pest. <laughs> um, For obvious reasons. <laughs> um, so yeah, he was... He was a good one. He was he was a different unit, and then uh, we had uh, one taxi who um, <laughs> on on nights out would just uh, he, at some point he just started running into taxis, whether they were parked <laughs> or, or driving. So you had to actually tackle him, um, to kind of stop him from from doing that and uh, getting uh, into conflict with the law. Uh, yeah, so. Probably these two. At the moment, we don't really have a, a class clown as such, I guess.
2: Oh, I'm just going to skip forward a bit here, Rifty, just because of some of the names I've heard. Who's got the best nickname at the club?
1: Well, I mean, Taxi is right up there, and then uh, I mean, yeah, you can you can tell the. We had we had a guy, um, a new South Welshman,
4: joined the club. Uh, just walking by, saw us training, come out and joined us. And we he said, what's your name? He said, Mango. We thought, oh, All right, that's a fair enough name, nickname, whatever. And then he showed us his passport. His name is Mango. He doesn't have a first name or a last name. His name is just Mango. Oh, and, uh, and we basically, yeah, just like, that's pretty much the reaction we had when we first saw it as well. <laughs> and basically he did it on a bet, I think. He bet with a mate that he would change his name to Mango and that's all he'll be referred to. Sometimes we call him <laughs> Mr. Mango. But that's about as far as we go.
1: And, uh, yeah, it's just really cool to see a passport with one name, Mango. So the, the story I heard was um, they offered him, like, 50 bucks to do it. And he did it, and it cost him 50 bucks or something. It cost him more. I think, <laughs> I think he wanted to do it. I, I'm, I'm, yeah, I mean, he didn't make a lot of money out of it, and now it's just Mango. I don't even know his real name. Well,
0: What's it's Mango, mango yeah. isn't it?
1: He, he, only, he only reacts to Mango. You call
4: him
0: anything else. Doesn't react. I uh, reckon you but, gotta do that Ed Dog. Just officially change your name to Ed Dog. I mean, one of them things, though, where you'd sit there and like, be like, yeah, I'll
2: do it fifty bucks, and then you find out it's going to cost you a few hundred dollars to go through the legal stuff, and you're like, no, nah, I've, I've got to do it just to prove that I'm, I can do it.
4: Yeah, but to do saying. it and uh, maintain it for this long as well.
2: Yeah, I know a few bikes that uh, I know a few bikes at a club that would be more than happy to go down and change their name to just what their their nickname is. Yeah.
0: There's There's been a few that it's taken me years to even learn their real name, so <laughs> may as well be their official name. <laughs> um, right. But anyway,
2: uh, the party animal.
4: The party animal. There's quite a few.
2: We're talking about
4: an Aussie rules football club in Munich. I mean, <laughs> it's you can't put your finger down on just one.
1: We have one uh, just, just just as as from as as the women's team Um, Kat. I would I would say Suzanne is a party animal.
3: Uh, yep.
1: (coughs) So just to give you some context, Suzanne uh is in her fifties, and she joined the club um on the day that Kat joined as well, and she's played um a couple games for us as well, and um yeah, she's she's right up there. Um. Mm -hmm then from the, from the men's team, um, we have a few guys um, that have had kind of, you know, being on, a, on, a, on an away trip to Frankfurt and then just going to a beer fest uh, in Nuremberg uh, with the, one of the guys who lives there, um, you know, just right after the game. Um, that was including me, not to call myself a party animal, but that was, um, I, was I was there as well. Yeah, we, it's hard to, to kind of pinpoint one one guy at the cup at the moment. It just brings yeah. out the party animal in
0: everybody. When you got a beer yeah. garden straight across from training, I guess uh, you all get to take a turn at being a party animal at some point.
3: They're
4: <laughs> yeah, just like doing kick to kick in the beer garden as well, you know, that's uh, not something you should do, but we still do it. Yeah, nice.
0: Oh, well. Who's the person that just takes the game far too seriously? Um
1: well, we have we have uh one guy um who's basically the 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 club's own uh, umpire and um he kind of takes umpiring extremely seriously. <laughs> um which we love. I mean, we we love him, our Nilsie. Um but yeah, yeah, so he's He's kind of um, like hitting, hitting up the coach um, the day before the game and, and asking, uh, kind of, you know, how strict do I apply the rules just for the game in general? Not, not saying that he's going to do it for us, but uh, just in general. Um, and uh, yeah, really kind of into um, having his own segment at that, that training and explaining uh, one rule per training. Uh, the segment that's called Millsy's Rules. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we have that at the end of uh, each training, preferably at the beer garden. Um, yeah, he takes it really seriously, but uh, we love him for it.
4: But in saying that, in terms of your seriousness, he has won the CoAf T-shirt a few times. So back to Party Animal, we give the biggest party animal every year an award called CoAf. K-O-A-F. And... Uh, that usually determines who is the biggest uh, uh, mess-up of the year. Yeah, so it's not the king of all
1: footballers, it's the king of all fuckheads.
2: I love how just straight-faced you say that. It was just, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a serious award. It's, it's genuinely, it's, it's the
0: correct. <laughs> we, have, we have to get that award going.
2: There's, there's a few uh, awards we're spoken about around the world, but yeah, kick of all buckets is definitely one we need.
4: <laughs> so, basically, during uh, the uh, award presentation night, there's usually a few pictures or slides of the uh, offending individual and uh, just to build up their suitability for the award. And uh Nilsie's won that a few times.
0: Oh, what's the what's the sort of voting process behind this award? Is it just
1: uh... uh that award is just um it's a committee, basically a committee vote. No, they don't where really we get the guys to submit their votes. No, one. you can you can nominate, but um Yeah, but usually too many not, people get nominated. Yeah, but it's not <laughs> voted for on the on the day. It's, it's a committee basically when we have the presentation that the the winners already determined.
0: Yeah, yeah. So People get to nominate throughout the year. Somebody does something pretty stupid on a night out or something. That <laughs> He's definitely putting his hand up for the COAF award. Definitely. You know, the, yeah. the well, and they get to wear
4: the t
1: shirt.
0: COAF material. Yeah. <laughs> would have a body a
2: back to back, back, like just a winning it every year. Yeah.
4: Yeah. No, There's some pretty serious contenders, to be honest. Like I said, uh, it must be the beer or the volume offer, but it brings out a lot of competition. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think, uh, it's uh that's one of the awards we've heard. We're, we're definitely gonna have to implement it at our club. We uh, we like learning about all these clubs around uh, Europe and around the world, and and implementing things that we're learning. So I think that's one of the things we're gonna have to put on the list to implement. That's uh, top of the list, mate. That is top, top of the list. Yeah, fuckheads. All fuckheads. We're gonna. Well, we might have to. Get you to shoot us the design of the t-shirt so we can get the same design going on <laughs> as
4: well. And uh, I think they get the same t-shirt uh, at the end of the year. The co-op has to hand it over, but it's so yuck at the moment. I think we need a new, new t-shirt. Uh,
0: isn't that's part of the the glory the of winning, is it? isn't it? Yeah, that you've got to share the same filthy t-shirt. <laughs> well, usually during your war tonight, we tend to have partners with us, and uh,
4: that's why we just call it the co-op t-shirt. So uh, keep it family safe.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But everyone knows what it means. That's that's the main thing.
4: Yeah, because that's usually the first question. They go, what's co op mean? Ah, can we go, fuck (laughs) (laughs) it? Just like, I love it. What Um,
0: else could it be? uh, Awesome. Thanks, heaps, for joining us. We do appreciate you getting up on your Saturday morning. Yes, (laughs) Saturday morning. Yes, yes. (laughs) You got that right. where can everyone go to follow along with uh, the Munich Kangaroos and check out what you guys are doing online?
4: We're uh, on Facebook or on Instagram. Just look up Munich Kangaroos. Uh, we had a web page, but we couldn't be bothered maintaining <laughs> it, so that just links directly to the Facebook page now. We also got hacked once. We got hacked by <laughs> some uh, we, yeah, some Turkish guys saying, we is hackers, and uh, had a Turkish flag there. I wouldn't have minded except it was the wrong colours. so what can you know, <laughs> <continue to> do? <laughs> uh aside from that
1: yeah yeah we're not mostly active on on instagram now um and twitter as well but not that active yeah. I, forget, I always forget to link it when
4: i send out a post
2: <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, right. I'm, yeah i yeah i've got control of twitter instagram and facebook facebook on top of instagram pretty good and then about once a fortnight, then i'm like ah oh, shit i've done anything on twitter i better get to that but Mind you, I spend 90% of my personal social media time on Twitter. I just forget to put okay. the club stuff on Twitter.
4: Yeah, I, yeah, we just got to put more content up. I mean, there's been not a lot happening right now, obviously. But uh, we're hoping things will pick up again, at least with the corona situation.
0: Yeah, well, best of luck with all that. Hopefully you do get to play some footy at the tail end of this year and can get, to get back to some contact. Um, Enjoy the day today. Hopefully you get a good turnout and um, there's some good stories shared about Janine and, her, and you're able to um, celebrate her life today The way, uh, not the way you planned on uh, at the start of the year, but in, in some way that is reflective of Janine's uh, contribution to football in Germany. Um, best luck with everything and thanks again for joining us. All
1: right. Thanks for having us, guys. Thanks for having us.
0: Thank you thanks for watching the cobra cast with the present vp and if you need somebody to talk to why not contact new life psychology in beric they are now taking phone appointments or you could head to otlr.com.au for tips and info and we are supporters of tac's towards zero campaign head to towardszero.vic.gov.au for more info because zero is the only acceptable number
2: Hey Siri, play the cobra cast with the present VP.